When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Chad. Well, not quite enough from the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They lose 3-2 to the Anaheim Ducks, their second consecutive defeat. Once again, the Oilers fall behind 2-0 in a game. That has happened to them 20 times this season. Out of 53 games, they try to fight back but can never tie it up. Ryan Kessler gets the eventual game winner early in the third period. The Ducks score first. Talking about the Oilers trailing, they have allowed the first goal 33 times in 53 games this season. Pretty good second period for the Oilers, but the power play couldn't come through. They missed a lot of close calls. Then a giveaway by Chris Russell winds up in the net. Corey Perry on a breakaway. Anton Slepyshev got one back late in the second period. He had a good game for Edmonton tonight. Kessler got the one early in the third. Russell scored with 5.05 to go. And then about 15 seconds later, puck bounces to Slepyshev in front. Open net, puck on edge, and it flutters over top of the crossbar. Great chance to tie it up. So it all adds up to another loss for the Oilers, kind of the story of their season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Well, Rob, that's, uh, that's my summary. Playing from behind, I mean, just over and over for this team. Don't make the key plays at the key time. Well, we've talked about it for the last number of years uh, you don't win and you don't find success often if you're trailing in hockey games the others do it too often now I know tonight it was a bad break it was a puck that was going wide they were off Sekra's foot but teams create breaks teams create good opportunities and the Oilers don't create enough of them early in hockey games they had Connor McDavid had a good shift or a good break in early in the hockey game. didn't get a shot away and then you really didn't see much from the Oilers through the first 20 minutes. I, I know the shots, they said 14. We had a hard time remembering half of them. Outside of their fourth line, they didn't create a whole lot in the first 20 minutes. And now you're chasing. And when you're chasing, you have to play perfect hockey. And uh, very rarely does a team play perfect. And we saw that tonight. A couple of mistakes uh, by the Oilers. Russell, a mistake by, by the Oilers. Maroon gave goals to the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, to me, you know, you look at the power play, you look at the goaltending, you look at the penalty killing, but the, probably the biggest bugaboo for the Oilers this year has been their start. They're falling behind too early, too often, and it's just too much for them to come back. The positive for this game has to be the play of Anton Slepyshev. He's our fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. 
he he was getting chances all night. Got the goal. I mentioned the the near tying goal he got in the in the third period. One of his better games when he has been in the lineup. Uh, I agree, and he was rewarded as the game went on. He got more and more ice time. Uh, he had the great opportunity late in the hockey game to tie it up. Had a wide open net, a nice nice play in front, and unfortunately for him, and and just shows you the way the season's gone for the Oilers an open net and the puck bounces just as he's about to shoot it into the open net. But, but Slepeshev was assertive tonight. And in the games that he's effective, he asserts himself both physically, he asserts himself with confidence when the puck is on his stick. There's other games where you don't notice him as much as he just, I don't know if he shies away or he just, he doesn't have that, uh, well, I guess the assertive attitude that he showed tonight. He's got skill, he's got a heavy shot. Uh, there's there's a confidence factor. The confidence. The more you play, the more confidence you gain. Tonight he gained confidence as the game went on, but it's also him realizing uh, this was an opportunity. And when you get an opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. Uh, there's other players casting got an opportunity tonight. He was moved up in the lineup, played on the third line, and didn't notice him. Slepeshev got his opportunity and took full advantage of it tonight. The Oilers played most of the game without Andre Sekera. Got hurt with eight minutes left in the first period. Took a puck to the face. They played about the last half of the game without Drake Kajula. Also took a puck to the face. So the Oilers were down to uh, 11 forwards and 5D. Uh, we'll hear from Todd McClellan in a few minutes here. Hopefully we'll get an update on those two guys. The Oilers play again tomorrow in San Jose. 3-2, the Ducks win it tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Glenn is our first caller tonight. Hey, Glenn. Uh, hey, Reed. How you doing? Pretty good. I uh, wanted to comment on a couple things today. I've been, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm watching the games, you know, through the year. And a couple things that always come to mind when I mean, you watch the same few players. Uh, one is uh, I find that cleft bomb. Every time he's he's making a play or doing something, I keep thinking to myself, man, you, we, we need more from you. Every time. And, and one play in particular, momentum finally shifts. The Oilers are getting chances. Uh, they pull the goalie. Ducks clear the puck. The puck is 10 feet in the air. And Clef knocks down the puck. you, you got to ask yourself, what is the guy thinking? You're absolutely like, right. Absolutely what's right. What's the result? Like, what is he thinking? What's the best result out of a play like that? Is he hoping he knocks it down, then he's going to wait for a duck to touch the puck <clears> and then try regain the puck? Because if he's not thinking that, what on God's green earth would you put your stick up 10 feet up in the air for? There, there's absolutely no, no positive that can come out of it. Uh, a, you, you, you hit the puck and it's a high stick. B, you hit the puck and... Anaheim takes the puck, they get a break because you don't know where the puck's going. I mean, that's going to be an icing. Well, They're the best, absolutely. the best possible. Yeah. So uh, and it's funny. Reed and I talked about that, and we oh, said, "Yeah, yeah." Reed and I talked about it as soon as it happens. That that is not a very smart play. That one, you hope it goes over your head as far as it can, and it's an icing. You get a face off in the offensive zone. So, yeah, not a good play there. All right, Oilers lose three two to the Anaheim Ducks. Kellen, do we have uh, Todd McClellan ready to go? All right, let's go uh, back to Anaheim. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. And then sort of see what happens from there. Well, deserved and, and get there are two different things. And, uh, you know, we didn't play or check well enough to prevent them from getting the third. And, uh, you know, a costly turnover on their second and a, 
uh, an average to below average back check. We allowed them inside position at the net, and, and it's in. And um, you know, at the other end of the rink, uh, our opportunities that were similar similar to those uh, didn't find their way to the back of the net. And uh, you know, it's. Um, it's history repeating itself. It's becoming frustrating for the group and for the players, but uh, there's nothing we can change tonight. We've got to move forward tomorrow to, to San Jose. Connor called Anton Slepchev's play tonight unbelievable. Uh, said he had a great game. He seemed to step up for you guys when you lost some bodies. He did. He was uh, he was very good. He was uh, you know he worked him worked his way onto the power play. He worked his way onto uh, a situation where we pulled a goalie and he was on the ice. So he deserved the ice time he got, and um, we need him to continue that uh, as early as tomorrow. Good. Put a, lot, put a lot of emphasis on this trip, which is which is good and which is real. Uh, you lose the first two games of it. What does that do, kind of, to the to the atmosphere and to the mood? Well, no one's happy. Um, you know, that's a simple question to answer. No one's freaking happy. Like, um, and the mood is not good right now. But we got to play again tomorrow. Simple as that. Do you have any? It's early, but any kind of update on on Drake or Andre? No, they're both uh, obviously very questionable for tomorrow. And. Um, you know, that was taxing playing 5D for most of the night. And uh, Drake, I thought, played with some fire and uh, uh, a little bit of a drive for around the net. Um, so we missed him. But um, I thought Schlepp stepped up in, in his absence. And uh, perhaps he can continue that tomorrow. All right. So there's head coach Todd McClellan. Obviously, uh, no one happy. His uh, choice of words, which is very accurate. And Kajula and Sekra both very questionable for tomorrow. So... You could put uh, OV2 in. The call-up from Bakersfield wouldn't have to travel as far as... Uh, yeah, you have Camilleri, though, still, too. Oh, and Camilleri's yeah. there, too, if they, if, they do need, if they do need to go to the, go with that. So, uh, tough night for the Oilers. They lose 3-2 to Anaheim. Uh, you know, decent play at times. Got hemmed in uh, at times, but the Oilers uh, don't get the big play at the right time tonight, so they lose it 3-2. $50 donation to Booster Juice. An oasis of fresh just are from Booster Juice, an oasis of fresh just in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal through the season. You can track it on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. $3,650 now for the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it's 11.04. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have Logan at 780-496-0063. Hey, Logan. Uh, thanks, for me on, thanks for having me on, Reed. For sure, buddy. Um, another tough game... Again, for the Oilers tonight, 2-0 on the power play in the second period doesn't help their chances getting two points. A bad third period when they need to tie it up. The lazy, the game was lazy. The checking by Maroon doesn't help. Do you guys comment on that? Well, first of all, Logan, you make a great point about the power play, and that's been a problem all year for the Oilers, is that there are chances to take the lead, tie the game, get back in the game and they haven't been able to produce the the first couple power plays tonight I mean at least they got pucks to the net but that that doesn't help you they they got to go in and that's been an Achilles heel for the Oilers all season I mean they came in second last in the league on the on the power play not nearly good enough no it wasn't and they had a couple chances tonight at important parts of the game and, and I agree early in the game their power play looked dangerous as the game went on and, and when it became much more important, their power play didn't. And it was, we saw the interview where Piexa kind of mocked the power play from them, the spread out power play. When you're spread out, like that's easy to kill. 
if you don't have if you're not taking the pucks to the net, well, the penalty killers it's almost like a rest for them because they your whole goal is penalty killers keep everything to the outside. And the Oilers did that for the Anaheim Ducks in their second two power, power plays. And the other the, the Logan mentioned was the play of Patrick Maroon on that goal, and that isn't good enough. Yep. Hey, the back check wasn't good enough. You've got to get inside position A, and you've got to get stick B. And you got to do both of those things. And Patrick Maroon on that one was a spectator, and he watched it, and it was it was nice eye-hand coordination by Kessler. Fantastic. But Talbot's got to trust that anything behind him, anything that he can't see, is taken care of by his players. He had players there. So he had to think that that was taken care of. Uh, Maroon did not do a good enough job back-checking to taking that stick away, and eventually turned out to be the game-winning goal. Yeah, as you're talking about it, they're showing it on the highlights, and all it takes is uh, a stick lift, a stick tie-up, or even a bump in the back. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get an interference penalty for a, a light well, or mild tie-up in front. Maroon is a big, strong man. If he puts his stick and arms over top of Kessler's sticks, he forces it to the ground. And that puck just goes wide of the net. He, 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 you know, in all honesty, he did nothing on the play. When you watch it, he's standing behind Kessler, yep. watching the play. And we've seen when the Oilers go to the front of the net of the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, you've got to have your chin straps, chin, chin straps tied up tightly because you're paying a price to go in front of the net. Kessler didn't have to pay a price, and it was an easy play for him. Yeah, and, and I think you look at Rob. Uh, one of the things we've we've talked about we talked about a lot last year and haven't praised the Oilers for this year, is detail in their game. I mean, Russell, who did come back and, and, and score a goal, flips a puck mm-hmm. up the middle, kept in right on the blue line, gets laugh. I mean, they just showed that. It's like a six-foot pass to Perry for a breakaway. That's a pretty easy setup. And then and then Maroon, you know, failing to tie up the tie-up Kessler there. And, you know, the, the good teams, they're always making those desperate, detailed plays. And, look, the, it's good teams give up scoring yep, chances or, or, they, they or, or other teams get odd man rushes mm-hmm. but what do they do they get somebody back they hack the puck out of the slot maybe it's maybe it's not a perfect clear or a perfect defense but you get you take care of the dangerous area first Oilers haven't done it enough no it, it, mistakes happen in hockey games and the, the best teams make them as well uh, but there's mental mistakes so the play that Russell has he's coming up the ice he's got Nothing. He's it, the great. It was a really good play on the forecheck by the Anaheim Ducks. They put put him onto his backhand, which is what you want to do. Force the player onto his backhand. It's harder to make a play when you don't have a play off the glass and out. But also on that play, so Russell turns it over, trying going through the middle. You can't do it. But there was no back support for Russell. So when he turned the puck over, I mean, it was a breakaway for Perry. The guy that got closest to Perry on the breakaway was Russell. His defensive partner's got to back him up. You've got to always prepare for the worst and then hope for the best. And on that one, Russell makes a bad play. There's no one to back him up. And you've got one of the best goal scorers in the history of the National Hockey League, certainly over the last 10, 12 years, Corey Perry coming in one-on-one with the goaltender. You just can't make mistakes like that, especially in the importance of these hockey games for the Oilers. Let's go back to Anaheim and hear from Chris Russell, who did get a goal later in the game start just kind of crushed you a bit what did you see this one go yeah I mean uh, I thought we were playing pretty well you know that I make that mistake and you know it hurts your team when you go down by two and then take some momentum and you're playing catch up even more so um, you know I take a lot of I'll take a lot of heat on this one just because uh, that's that stuff can't happen this time of game I'm on my back end I just got to make the safe play and go up the wall and 
um, you know, makes it harder on our team and, you know, makes it harder on our goaltenders when you give up chances like that. To the 0-2 through the first two games of this trip when, when there was so much emphasis put on, on getting these points, uh, does that give you a sense that this thing is maybe slipping away? I mean, we're taking it a game at a time. It's frustrating. We know these are, like you said, two divisional games, and um, there's times of the game where we play, we've played well enough to win. You know, we've had chances to bear down and score, and we haven't. Um, you know, made s stupid mistakes. So um, we got a, one more game on this road trip, and you know, obviously it's more emphasis, and we just gotta, you know, keep keep working, and obviously play a lot better throughout the full 60. All right, there's Chris Russell, uh, obviously taking some blame for the giveaway. He did score his fourth of the season with 5.05 left. That pulled the Oilers to within 3-2. Anton Slepeshev open net 15 seconds later. Puck flipped over top of the crossbar. Actually, Letestu fired it into the crease and almost banked it in uh, uh, Banked it in after that. But the Oilers fall short tonight, 3-2 to the Anaheim Ducks. Slepeshev, the other, uh, Slepeshev and Russell for the Oilers. Lindholm, Perry, and Kessler for the Ducks, no Japanese Village goal light tonight. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, well, welcome Doug to the show. Hi, Doug. Hey, Rob Reed, another night, eh? <laughs> another night, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Listen, guys, um, it's pretty well fake complete. We're, we're into next year uh, territory already, yeah. Uh, there's no playoffs this year. That's pretty well done. Uh, going into next year, I mean, obviously there's going to have to be some kind of changes. Whatever they're going to be, who knows? I don't know. But do you, Rob, uh, I know you're a big proponent of Drysdale uh, playing in the wing, but can he be a second-line driver as a centerman on the second line? Oh, he certainly can, he can drive be. the second line, you think? Yeah, I, I absolutely think he can. And the reason I... Him see, see him there as that dr driver? Or I... Would you I, I see him eventually there. The reason I have Dreisaitl playing with McDavid this year is because the Oilers don't have enough good wingers, That's enough guys that can score. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if you got one of the, if not the best player in the world in Connor McDavid playing, you got to have someone to play with him. And right. they've tried a ton of different players, and the one that he has the most success with is Leon Dreisaitl. Right. If the Oilers, if Pugliarvi uh, next year takes steps forward, if Cam Yamamoto is able to come up and, and play next year, those are offensive-minded players. The Oilers are going to have to go out and look for other players because they're probably going to lose Maroon, I would expect, unless they sign him in the next two weeks. He's gone at the deadline. They're going to have to find other wingers. But the Oilers are, are very strong through the middle, but they have no scoring on the wing. And you can have the best playmaker in the world, but if you've got no one to put the puck in the net for him, he, it's all for naught. So that's why you see Drysettle continuing to slide back with McDavid because they just don't have anyone right now that's capable of playing with McDavid and producing. All right, Doug, you're going to finish the play. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, courtesy Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Rebound Maroon. Centers one-timer. What a stop on McDavid by John Gibson. Maroon, a beautiful feed, and Gibson somehow stoned. All right, Doug, Connor McDavid denied there. He did get an assist later to extend his point streak to how many games, 5 or 15? 
God. How many, <laughs> how many, how many, 15's a lot, Doug. How many fingers do you got? Yeah, I, I think uh, 15 would be quite a bit. I think about five. Years, right? It is five, Doug. Good stuff. Hang on the line. Kellen will take down your information. More calls. Uh, Sean, Ryan, and Tony are standing by. You'll hear from Connor McDavid as well. Ducks take this one 3-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Brian Kessler gets the eventual game winner early in the third period. The Anaheim Ducks knock off the Edmonton Oilers 3-2. Shots 34-32 for the Ducks. Edmonton 0 for 3 on the power play. The Ducks were 0 for 2. Cam Talbot 32 saves. John Gibson 30 saves. I actually thought Talbot uh, had a pretty good game and held the Oilers in it at times. Gibson made some good saves as well. But another one where the Oilers aren't quite good enough. They're now 23-26-4 on the season. Anaheim, a big win for them. They're 27-19-10. and and it's a pretty close uh, playoff race in the West, really excluding the Oilers, Vancouver, Arizona. Chicago's teetering on the edge of not really being in it as well. Uh, Calgary and Anaheim, 64 points. San Jose also 64 points. San Jose has the tiebreaker for third in the division. Minnesota also 64 points. They have the tiebreaker on Calgary and Anaheim for uh, the wild card spot. Oilers play the Sharks tomorrow night. Rob, as we look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard, Stars beat the Penguins 4-3 in a shootout. Blues over the Jets 5-2. Hurricanes take down the Canucks 4-1. Kings beat the Panthers 3-1. Capitals over the Blue Jackets 4-2. The Rangers come from behind in the third to beat the Flames 4-3. The Islanders come from behind in the third then lose the lead, and then beat the Red Wings 7-6 in overtime. They got four goals on a five-minute slashing major in the third. We watched the video. That It, it, was, was, a, it was a penalty. Five. It was a two-minute two slash, and they gave him five in a match. A, a, a terrible call, an absolutely terrible call that was very costly as four four power play goals in a span of three and a half minutes the Islanders score uh, the Islanders can score goals they've got a ton of talent up front they cannot stop the puck from going in their own net uh, they are teetering right now trying to get back into the playoff spot other action to tell you about tonight the Oil Kings lose 7-2 in Red Deer the Oilers farm team Bakersfield Condors beating the Ontario Reign 3-2 U of A Golden Bears winning 5-4 in overtime at UBC one more game for uh, the Golden Bears tomorrow then they have a bye and then they'll uh, host playoffs the following weekend okay 780-496-0063 is our phone number we have Sean on the line hey Sean hey Rob good day how are we doing today we're doing good, thanks. Well, I'll tell you, I enjoyed watching the game because uh, every Oiler game is a day I enjoy watching. But I don't understand these guys. We are in a, not even close to a playoff run, but we need to be in a playoff run. And they came out flat. Yeah. They did not, they did not approach this game in the intensity that needs well, I mean, if you want to give them credit for anything, they're consistent. This has been the way they've started most, most games this year. So, You know, I mean, I look at their passing. and These are great guys. I mean, we got some, we got probably uh, six guys that I'm going to say, what, would be top 25 in the league in, in, in passing in the league. 
And yet. Who's the third guy? <laughs> I know two you're talking about. Well, I mean, uh, which ones you want to well, describe Mc- here? McDavid and Dreisaitl are good passers. Who's your Who's your other guy? Well, Lucic is actually a really good passer. He's a horrible player, but he's a good passer. Okay, anyway, I cut you off. I'll let you finish your point. Thank you. No worries. So I look I, I look at him, and I go, okay, you're not... We're out of a playoff. You're not hungry. Every single player in this is looking for a spot on the team next year. Our defense is dropping the ball, and we're we're passing in a, a, at a B level. Yeah, but if, 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 the, if the team actually pa- passed in a NHL level instead of a B level. If they just look at Chris passing, I mean, you know, I remember back in the Adam when I used to play Adam. Our coach used to say to us, "Watch the NHL. Watch how they pass. Tape to tape." <clears throat> you know, Detroit used to do that three years ago. Because the NHL's got watered down a little bit, but at the same standpoint, there is Chris passing. It has to happen. And if you can't pass, you can't score. If you can't not break out, you cannot score. You have to get these passes. I mean, it's just... I throw my head on the ground. I throw my remote at the TV. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate it. Well, they haven't broken out of their zone very well this season. No. No, they haven't. Ryan on line four. Go ahead, Ryan. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Okay, uh, my my, uh, I have two questions. One, uh, team toughness. A lot of teams are going walking by the Oilers when they had uh, the wagon wheel last year. That was Kuliot, um, Hendricks, and Cassian when they were going. Everybody was crashing and banging, and they were winning games. This year, Kuliot. I'll challenge you on Pouliot being a crasher and banger, but okay, go ahead. But you know what I'm talking about? Team toughness, man. There's no team toughness. They're playing rec hockey. I see. I seen Peewees playing a lot harder than them yesterday than I did, did the Oilers. Banning needs to needs to be traded away for a sack of water bottle. Like, come on. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony on the line. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Yeah, good, buddy. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Um, I have a question for you guys. Actually, three three points, and I want you guys to stay on it. First of all, tomorrow night, give Talbot the night off. Give Montoya the start. Yeah, I would think that'll happen. Uh, second one is, you know, Maroon is a good is a relatively you know good player. He's not very fast, but he can hit, and when he's on fire, he's on fire. What would you say about putting McDavid, Drysital, and JP on the same line? Well, they third did that one. yesterday for a while. Yeah, yeah that was then, the line for a while. And then third one is is when it comes down to it, the our biggest our biggest problem right now is the fact that we can't get scoring. Who, who would you even get? Because Everybody knows that Maroon's either going to be signed or gone at the, at the deadline. Tess is going to be probably gone, too, because 
test isn't doing anything at all. So do we start looking at guys who are maybe, you know, the, with the undercard that, you know, they have a chance to possibly do something next season or what? Because this season, it's over. I'm sorry, I, I'm a true Oilers fan, but this season is over. The way, that we, the way that we've been playing, my nephew can play better than them right now, and he's, and he's nine. <laughs> so I just want to know what you guys think about it because when it comes down to it, the Oilers aren't making it. I'm sorry, Oilers fans, but they aren't. No, they aren't going to make the playoffs. Your, your nephew must be a hell of a player if you think he could play in the NHL at nine. Uh, I, I'm going to see him to play tomorrow. I'm just giving you hard, I'm just giving you a hard yeah, time, Tony. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think those guys you mentioned will probably be traded in terms of giving other guys uh, auditions. I, I mean, I don't know if you'd call somebody up from the farm or, or if they might get a warm body for one of those players that they would they would throw into the lineup. I mean, I think some of the defensemen they have on the farm, they would like to keep down there yes. and let them keep playing in the AHL. I mean, just calling... Ethan Bear or Caleb Jones up for 15 games really helped their development? No, and, and, and I don't know if it's the defense that's the problem right now. They're not scoring goals, and I, I don't know what they're... I, I don't know if they're going to get players coming back in the trades that they make at the deadline. I don't think Latesta is going to bring you a player back. I think Maroon, they're going to probably look for a good draft pick, I'm yeah, guessing. Mar- Maroon's... Here's the thing with interesting about Maroon, Rob. He, he might have more value... Because he comes so cheap. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. He's only make. He's only the, the team that gets him is only paying him a million and a half. Yep. Because the Ducks are still paying. No, I agree with that. I, I just don't know if. Are you getting a prospect? Are you getting? I'm, I don't know what what the asking cost is. I think the asking cost usually comes out when the first trade is made, when you see what that player went for, and then you start evaluating what you have. But they've got a couple weeks. If they're going to sign Maroon, it's got to be done right away, or yep. he will be gone. Latesto will be gone. I'm sure that Camilleri. There's if anyone wants if wants, wants him, he'll be gone. Uh, but yeah, this is this season has gone. Nowhere near what they expected them to be. 3-2 Anaheim wins tonight. We'll get to more phone calls in a second here. Let's go back to Anaheim. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Oftentimes in a season, it doesn't make a, it happens, but when you're in your situation, it, it kind of it's pretty bad. Yeah, um, you know, obviously we just uh, made one too many mistakes. You guys go down a couple bodies early in this game. You have a guy like Anton Slepshev that's been in and out of the lineup. He steps up, moves up the lineup. He, what do you think of that? He was unbelievable tonight, honestly. Uh, crazy play, creating chances all over the ice. Um, I really, really liked his game. You guys put a lot of emphasis on this California trip to get yourselves back into it. it it's 0-2 now. How do you gauge the mood? You can't say that it's over because it's not, but, but we're yet, guys, mentally with this thing. Uh, like I keep saying, just keep going. All right, that's Connor McDavid. Well, they got to keep going. They got 29 games left. Well, you got to play. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, you're not going to come out and say the season's over. You can't win three games in a row until you beat San Jose tomorrow night. So that's that's the focus they have, one game at a time. Three, two. The Ducks take it this evening. We have Joanne on the line. Hey, Joanne. Oh, hi, guys. Um, I was just wondering what you thought of uh, Talbot is not. Um, doing as well as what he did last year. Um, do you think a new family and a couple of kids could have a bearing on that um, family life? Hey, well, it's possible, I, sure. It's possible. I, I had twins when I was playing hockey, and you're tired. <laughs> it uh, as much as your wife tries to to take the the the, the huge load in 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 helping in, when you're playing and stuff like that. It, it's tiring. You don't get as much sleep. Now I don't know 
if that has anything to do with what's happened with him this year. Um, Cam Talbot has not been near as good as he was last year. Last year he was all-world. To me, he should have been in the the running for the Vezina. He was that good for the Oilers this year. He's got a 900-ish um, save percentage. That doesn't get you wins in the National Hockey League. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to make excuses for him, and, I'm, and I can't really comment on what he has in his home life. I do know for a fact that having twins in the house as, as young, young twins, newborns, one-year, two-year-old, they tire you out. I got twins that are 16 now. They still tire me out, so I can <laughs> only imagine what it's like right now for him. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, he had he, the twins were born at the start of last year yep. after the third game, so mm-hmm. he had children. Last year. Last year. I, I mean, look, this players have lives and it yep. could affect how they perform at work just like it could for for everybody else it's mm-hmm. frustrating uh, i don't know what the reason is if if any if that's happening for any guys off the ice this year but it's been a disappointing year for the Oilers i thought talbot had a good game tonight yes kept I mean, the minute the one deflection goes in off the side perry gets a breakaway and then again kessler tips it out of the air when maroon doesn't doesn't time and that one's probably going wide too Oh, that wouldn't have gone in. No, yeah. yeah. So that's probably going wide as well. So there's two that are going wide, get deflected in, and one's a breakaway with a, a pure goal score. No, it wasn't on Talbot tonight. It was uh, the Oilers just made mistakes. And in reality, I mean, this is, if you're looking, I mean, we're Oilers fans, and we're expecting more of the team because of what we saw last year. But look at the standings. Look at the two teams this year. The Oilers shouldn't be able to go in in Anaheim and win. They, I mean, Anaheim's a better hockey club. And on home ice, they just won 3-2 against Edmonton, who is near the bottom of the standings. So I, I know the expectations are high here, here in Edmonton for, your, for the team, but uh, this is probably the result that would happen. I mean, if you saw the Vancouver Canucks going into San Jose and you're betting money on the game, you're probably putting money on San Jose. Well, it'd be the same thing because Anaheim and San Jose have the same amount of points, and so do the Oilers and the Canucks. So the Oilers played... Uh, an okay game. At times, they were very good. At times, they made mistakes. But maybe this is what the Oilers are. We have Greg on line five. Go ahead, Greg. Hello. How are you guys tonight? Yeah, good. Well, good. I'm glad to speak with Mr. Reed and and Mr. Brown. Oh, nice to have you. I have a question for Mr. Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Who was the goalie? I can't remember who your goalie was back in the early 90s. And what team? Who? And w- on what team? Oh, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins? Like, uh, the, the, win the cup with the Penguins? I, no, I got traded the year they won the cup, but the goalie I had there was Tommy Barrasso. Tommy Barrasso. He was a very, very good goaltender. A very good money goalie. Excellent. Uh, that was my question. Uh, I've got a, I, I could go on forever, but... Okay, Greg. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. We we can go for a while, not forever though. The show's not that long. <laughs> we gotta we gotta go and get some rest. Come back to this again tomorrow. Yeah. Well, they're playing that world's longest hockey game. They're it's gonna that is like true. That forever. Well, yeah, no doubt. Especially the weather it is right now. It you was, know who should they get for that is Yarmir Yager. You always tell that story how he didn't like doing a line change. He wanted to play. He the would game. he would stay up forever too. Although <laughs> then he'd get mad at the coach and go pout on the end of the bench. So. <laughs> There's no coach. There might not be a coach in the World Long Song game, so he doesn't have to have anyone to be. Yeah, exactly. He can just stay out as long as he wants. Three, two, the Anaheim Ducks win it tonight. Second straight loss for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, They're now down to ten and four in the Pacific Division after these losses to Los Angeles and Anaheim. Twenty three, twenty six, and four on the season. Okay, we have another Greg on the line. Hey, Greg. Hey guys. Hello. Um. So I got a couple quick things. Um. Um. 
that one goal, that was all maroon. He should have had a stick tying up the other guy's stick, and that would have resulted in probably not a goal. Absolutely. Um, and that's all him. The other thing is the power play. I watched it, uh, and I rewound it and watched it again, and they are not making the defensive players move and skate. Anaheim tonight, all they had to do was do a four-man box. They they didn't have to skate. They didn't have to move. And the Oilers just passed around all night long. So they're not tiring out the defenders. So they're not getting good scoring chances. It's so frustrating. Um, uh, Strom, he's on the basically um, the the left. Um, he's on his off wing there, yep. Yeah, but no, but he's down low. And the puck's being passed around. And he's just standing there with stick in his hand. And I'm not saying it's just Strom. I'm saying whoever's in that position is just standing there, not, 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 just waiting for a pass to come around because they pass around. If they, if he slides up in the slot more towards into the center of, in the center of the ice, that makes the defenseman move to have to cover him so then they can, the Oilers on their power play can pass the puck around, they can rotate, and they can skate instead of having just four guys on the outskirts and one guy in front of the net. It was very frustrating watching. There's very simple um, positional plays that players can make and do to to make because they're not they're not tiring out the PK. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, you're right, Greg. I think you make a great point and, and, and Rob I mean the Oilers power play got a couple goals against Tampa Bay. Uh which is LA got a goal and mm-hmm. had a couple good chances. And then tonight, you know, the the one second period power play especially was okay, but it often does come come down to puck movement, quick decisions, making the defenders move around or chase the puck. The goal McDavid got against Tampa Bay. Strom got the puck, didn't wait. At the mm-hmm. net, bang, McDavid's open. And then we've seen them get some chances when Clefbaum has shot from the line, but when Clefbaum or whoever stops the puck and looks around, by that time the opportunity's gone. Yeah, and the, the thing that we saw especially on home ice with Tampa, is the Oilers were moving. They were interchanging. McDavid start high on his off wing, then he ended up being in the middle where he deflected a puck, and then he'd be down on the other side by the goal line. Drysaddle was flip-flopping sides all the time, and it makes it hard for the defenders because their head's got to be on a swivel. They start chasing. They start having to move their feet. And the caller was right. Most... Goals are scored on the on the power play, A, after the first shot is made, so now there's a rebound and now there's a cluster, and B, when the defenders get tired. You start you start moving them around, they get tired. It's, it's, it should be physically exhausting killing a penalty. And what we talked about it earlier, when the Oilers are standing on the outside, the Ducks have done their job. They don't have, they don't have to worry about anything. They do not have to move their feet until players start attacking the net. And the Oilers didn't do a very good job that tonight. 3 2, the Ducks win. We have Stefan on the line. Hey, Stefan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Good, good. Unfortunately, I don't have any fun facts. For okay, time, so look, I, I, gotta, I hate to do this to you, Stefan. You gave us an incorrect fact. Well, that makes it not a fact. <laughs> yeah, okay, because I looked it up because I was going to make it the trivia question on the face off show because I thought I'd give an easy one. Who was the last Art Ross winner to play for a non playoff team? Yeah. It was a lot more recent. Jamie Benn, three years ago. Dallas oh. didn't make the playoffs. My bad. I yep. watched it. 
That's okay. I, I'm glad I double-checked. And also, uh, San Luis led the league in scoring in the lockout shortened season five years ago. They didn't make it either. So there have been two since Aguinla. But that was a really good... I know you probably looked it up really quickly, but that, that was a good question. Yeah. Oh, I thought I, I, thought I double-fact-checked. I guess I didn't. All right, well, we guessed Marcel Dion, so you had us yeah, by so 40 still, years. So still way closer than we <laughs> so were. So it was Gene Evan. Yeah, so Johnny knew that. He got a $50 gift card to Beferriel Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor. Armorinsurance.ca. Okay, I got that in. Go ahead. Jeez, okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to you guys um, your opinions on Cam Talbot this season. Um, personally, for both of you, how, wor- how worried are you about Cam Talbot? Because I know, as fans, you know, last year, obviously, he looked like a Vesna Trophy winner. Uh, He carried us to the playoffs. I thought he was the guy of the future. But um, this year, I want to know, what are your thoughts on him? And how how worried should we be about him? Because I know he's not awful, but he's not the same. No, you're right. He's not. I mean, this is a guy that was all world last year. He was a uh, he carried the others. There's he cut what he, the problem for what Talbot did last year is he covered up a lot of warts mm-hmm. because there was a lot of games last year where the Oilers were not the better team but came out with two points because their goaltender outplayed the guy on the opposite end. And this year, uh, he's been he's been okay, but they need him to be great. And he's being outplayed by the other goalie. Gibson tonight was the better goalie. Uh, the other night, who was the kid? Kemp, Kemper? Is that the Kemper. guy that played? Kemper was One the better goalie. Yep. So it, I, I'm not worried, um, but the Oilers cannot get away with having average to slightly above average goaltending and be a playoff Well, no club. team does. I, nope. mean, but I bet you if we look at the uh, 16 playoff teams at the end of the year, Same I, bet percentage, you, yeah. I bet you the 16 of the the 16 starting goalies will all be in the top 20 in save percentage. Yeah, you're right. I think you rake a good question, Stefan, because we've Camp Talbot had an awesome year with the New York Rangers in relief of an injured Henrik Lundqvist where I think he got in 36 games. That got him a starting job with the Edmonton Oilers. He was pretty good on a fairly bad team uh, two-thirds of the first year he was here. Mm-hmm. He was awesome last year, and now this year he's he, you know, I mean, he wouldn't be in the top no. 20 goalies in the league. Wouldn't even be in the top 25, probably. So the Oilers have gone from top five goaltending to probably bottom six. Yep. So now I know Talbot works hard, and some like I just just for an example, Stefan, I looked up Mike Smith. Mike Smith's save percentage, uh, year by year, go. Let's we'll go back to 2010 with Tampa Bay, 900, 899, 930. 910, 915, 904, 916, 914. This year with Calgary, he's 921. So it's not unusual to get that fluctuation, even if you're a decent goalie. But I understand your question. We don't know for sure if Talbot's going to bounce back. Because there hasn't been a track record of him doing it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he had one fantastic season. Yep. And prior to that, in relief to Lundqvist, he looked great. Yep. No, no, you're absolutely there's, right. There's nothing in between that when we get injured. But it's, to me, it's, you know, I'm, I love Talbot. I have his autograph in my room downstairs. But right. I'm starting to question whether is this our guy going forward. Well, he'll be the goalie next year. So I guess that's going to that's gonna determine the question. Fair comment, though. Thanks, Stefan. Yeah, no worries.
780-496-0063. we got to call a quick timeout. Phil is up next on the line. Oilers lose again. 3-2 to the Ducks. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Final score, Anaheim 3, Edmonton 2, Lindholm, Perry, Kessler for the Ducks, Slepeshev and Russell for the Oilers. Very good game for Slepeshev tonight. Russell's goal assisted by McDavid and Maroon. McDavid's point streak now at five games. He has 11 points over that run. However, the Oilers take the loss tonight and a little bad luck. Well, a lot of bad luck for the Oilers in the injury department. Both Secker and Kajula take deflected pucks to the face. Neither guy finished the game. Head coach Todd McClellan says both are questionable tomorrow, so the lineup will be adjusted courtesy of the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. As Rob said earlier, the simple solution, OV2 in, Camillary in, also the option of uh, calling someone up from the farm. But you'd have to put someone on, I- on IR to do that. Yeah, so I, I mean, you're not going to... I, I can't imagine them not putting in Camilleri and Ovitu. I mean, they're here. Why are they here if they're not going to play when guys get injured? I mean, I th- I was surprised Camilleri was out of the lineup. I thought he was okay. Well, I guess they week. have an extra spot, don't they? If they only had two guys scratched, so you wouldn't have to put someone on. Yeah. On so either. I but still. But then again, you might call someone up just in case. You never you never want to have an empty an empty press box. Simply, if someone gets sick or hurt in warm up, you want to make sure you have someone that can fill in. Three two Anaheim wins it. We have Phil on line one. Good evening, Phil. Hey guys, uh, thanks. Uh, first time uh, caller, long time listener. I oh, appreciate it. Um, I had a question. Uh, Piarve or Pijarve, sorry, I always pronounce his name wrong. Uh, 98. <laughs> uh, he keeps passing to the open area, like right to the left or to the right of the goal. Um, it seems like he's given the puck away. I, it, it doesn't seem to make sense as far of a. Uh, the it, Tonight he gave away two shots that he could have made on net, and he could have he drove the net, he could have brought some traffic to the front of the net but instead it, it, he gave it away to the open off into the corner well that doesn't seem to make any sense that's an interesting observation because he likes to shoot and he and he tries to shoot a lot uh i feel i gotta apologize i don't i don't remember the exact play you're talking about rob do you no i don't sorry sorry phil he did it in the second period and he did it i believe it was right near the end of the first they were they were coming in he had mcdavid behind him and he and he it was like a dump but they dumped it off to the right beside the, the the net and then, of course, lost control of it and and it went the other way. Right. Well, I mean, he's still relatively young, so I, I don't know if he's just misreading the play or, or rushing a little bit. We saw him do that a lot last year when he was a raw rookie. He would make rushed plays. I, I think he's got a lot of potential, though. He's done. I think he's done a lot of good things overall this season. Could be a confidence thing, but yeah, no, yeah, I be. agree. I, I see a lot of good things. I'm still one of the people that's hoping that that we can, you know, find that little tiny shadow of hope for the playoffs. But uh, I'll always stay a hopeful fan. So, you know, maybe. yeah, appreciate it, Phil. Hope you can call again, buddy. Take care. All right, Mo on the line. Hello, Mo. Reading, Rob. How's it going, boys? Good. Uh yes. Yeah, so I was just, uh, you know, watching the game. You know, obviously. If we want to be realistic, you know, the season's over, right? There's, I don't think there's any chance to make in the playoffs. Way too many teams to jump, and you got to get at least, you know, you got to go on a crazy run to get in. So I came to the conclusion that season's done. So I'm just trying to figure out why 
they're in the situation that they're in. And I guess the main culprit for all this, to me, is the GM, you know, because, you know, I think, you know, last year there was a lot of guys who, you know, overachieved, including the goaltender, some young defensemen like Benning, and, uh, you know, you know, Kajula, you know, he was a good pickup. Well, that, at the beginning of the season, when we were going over what we felt the Oilers would do this year, Reed asked me, and I, I thought they would not be as strong as last year because I felt that they had about nine guys that had career years. And it, it's hard to duplicate a career year, especially nine different guys. There was a lot of guys that played very well last year. They set the bar high. And I think the expectations that, they, that everyone had for this team, including for management here, uh, masked some of the problems that they had. And the players that they expected big things from were unable to produce because they weren't as good as they had hoped they would be. And that's why the Oilers are where they are. I mean, they've had uh, other things that have, have, have fallen. I mean, the goaltending, his bar was so high that uh, it, it was almost impossible for him to reach again. And now we're seeing what the Oilers are with average goaltending. So there's going to have to be changes because of that because this team is, is not near as good as they had hoped it to be, not near as good as they expected it to be. And when you are where you are in the standings, uh, changes will happen, and it'll start right away here in a couple weeks at the trade deadline. Yeah, because, you know, hopefully they can, you know, try and just at least at the trade deadline, they got to be proactive and try and move the guys who are about to be, you know, pending UFAs mm-hmm. to get some value and some draft picks so that they can hopefully build up their stock. I mean, they got nobody in the minors other than Ty Ratty and, you know, couple of other younger guys but they got really nothing in the pipeline so it's kind well, of well there's no one ready immediately yeah i think they have some d prospects they're hopeful about not a lot up front though mo you're right you're right with the forwards yeah. for sure thanks buddy yeah. All right. yep. uh okay I, I have to challenge you rob okay John. list list the nine guys that's yeah, half years. a team i well okay i threw that out there okay career years last year let's go on talbot had a career year yes and he's dropped off uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want you to list them. Okay. Because I know who I have in mind. Clefbaum. Clefbaum had a he, career he's year. He's dropped off. Maroon, he's obviously dropped off. McDavid, career year. Dry okay. side. No, I said nine guys had career years. Okay, but McDavid is going to yeah. have probably around... Well, but I didn't, I didn't say they all... I did said that it would be hard for all nine of them to repeat. Okay, all So right. dry saddle, McDavid, Benning. Well, he was a rookie. It was going to be a career year. Yeah, it was still a career year. <laughs> um, Mark, obviously. Mark Letesto, a big-time career year for him. Zach Cassian. He had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, I guess. And I just need one more. Uh, let's go and... Well, if you're just doing rookies, you just say Kajula. <laughs> Kajula had a career year. See, there you go. Kajula has not and he's produced been... the way they thought he would. No. And that's, and that's now the, now And that's the criticism of Shirelli is that he overestimated... And they, they expected Kajula and Slepeshev to be possible top six, but certainly top nine wingers. Yes, they did. And this is a team right now that lacks on the on the let, wing. Let me ask you this. Okay. It's a, it was it's I don't think it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Do you blame Shirelli for the Jokinen signing, or do you think it was a looked like a safe bet that just went really really wrong? Do I? Because <laughs> when when people when they signed Jokinen, most people are like, oh yeah, good, you know. Yeah, but when they signed him, I was the, the expectations of of him from me was not lot not well, a lot. I don't he was a he I was don't a think def- any, but I don't think anybody thought he was going to be. I think people thought Jokin it'll be a more reliable Pouliot. Um, maybe, but because I mean, Pouliot, as much as now people say, oh, we miss him on the penalty kill. Nobody. When, when we did a, did we get anybody praising no. Pouliot on any call last year? No, 
No, Pouliot was he, he was gone, and he, and he was he needed to be gone in his own mind as well. He, he lacked a lot of confidence. Um, Jokinen was. It, it, it wasn't a good signing. It wasn't a bad signing. It was just a bland signing. He wasn't a guy that was going to help the team. The problem for the Oilers is is they had these three fantastic centermen, and they had nobody to play with them. And in all three of the centermen, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, they're all past first type mentality. So they when they're coming down with the puck on their stick, they're looking to move the puck to someone. So the guy they get the puck to has got to be able to score right. because they're not thinking score, and the others don't have that. They, I mean, they had good way. Well, Paul's Maroon gone. had that last year. Yeah, and Maroon. The thing, thing with Maroon is he's been. It's he's so streaky, in, and he's been so invisible, streaky. invisible when he hasn't with Connor McDavid, and that's a problem. So, and then he, tonight he's with McDavid. He got the one assist. It was a uh, an assist when he passed it to Russell. But you really didn't notice him again tonight. And the only time you did notice him was when he was missing a back check. All right, Luke on the line. Oilers lose three two. Go ahead, Luke. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Luke. Um, I just had a couple questions. Firstly, um, McDavid was pretty dominating in dominant in the last couple games. Uh, how was he tonight? And uh, just about Eberle, I remember listening in the postseason last year. Uh, he he didn't score. He didn't get a. I'm pretty sure he didn't get a point, and he didn't have that much chances. And it seems like he's doing better with the Islanders and. Do you think if we would have kept him, he would have got better? And just one more with Drysaddle, uh, he had that injury at the beginning of the year. I think it was against the Jets, and uh, he wasn't doing that good. And uh, is he getting better? Thanks, and- Luke. I I I, th- I believe that Jordan Eberle is a good hockey player. I I, I said that all last season. Uh, I believe he had a poor year last year, but a poor year for Jordan Eberle is a twenty goals. And they they certainly miss his offense uh, from the wing. Um, he did not have a good playoff. He's the first to admit it. But to me, he he got run out of town uh, by 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 the fans and by the media. And eventually, no, that's excessive, Rob. I don't think so. That's excessive. I don't think so. He, All right. Well, I think I, it is. I, I well, I, I don't because he, he's admitted to himself. He lost confidence. He, he couldn't turn on the radio. Couldn't turn on the TV. Couldn't turn on Twitter. He he, get, he got booed in his own rink. That's tough. It's tough coming to work. And he's had success here. And he's having a ton of success in the island. He's a good hockey player. Yes, I would agree with you there. And the, there was a trade that did not work out well for the Edmonton Oilers. Right. And the Oilers right now, there's talk that they need to trade a defenseman and try and get a forward. They can play on the wing. They can score goals. Well, the Oilers had one. Uh, what and else? He's gone. What else did he ask? He asked about McDavid. Uh, well, Dry, I mean, Drysdale's still having a pretty good season. Yeah. McDavid has had he's had a tough time against the Ducks because they're all over him. Yeah, and a lot of t- a lot of skilled players when they play against Ryan Kessler <laughs> struggle. Ryan Kessler is you may hate him, and most players that play against him do. And I've talked to a lot of players on other teams; they don't like him, but he is effective at what he does. He is a very good second line player against the other team's top players. Okay, Mo, we're we're short on time here. You got a minute? Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, Mo, you got a minute? Go ahead, buddy. We're running out okay. of time. Yeah. Um from Winnipeg here, so I've been watching the Jets here for the last seven years, and they, uh, they've they been stuck in the cupboards, um, and, and you know, this year they're doing really well, and, and now if, if there's an injury, uh, there's there's guys coming up from the minors and doing well. Yep. So what my point is, everybody's ragging on Trelli and McClellan or whatever. 
Trelly's had two and a half years with this team, and I think he's starting to do that, where he's kind of trying to stock the cupboards. And I, I, I don't think, you know, everybody's calling for change, and I don't think we should be changing, you know, every year or two on uh, coaches, general managers, that sort of stuff, right? So yep. I think it has to be consistent, and I, I, I think we're going to get there. I just think we, everybody's got to relax. Um, and I also I just want to point out, uh, Rob, uh, I love listening to you. You're one of the best analysts out there. Um, the, the, the start that we're having here, um, is that a coaching thing? Like, I just don't understand how it just keeps on happening. Yeah, that's a good question, Mo. Hey, honestly, I, I don't know. And, and it, the best is they ask Connor McDavid that every game, and he says the exact same thing. He says, I do not know why we, don't, why we start the way we do. I, I, I believe it's on the players. Um, but there, it's certainly uh, it's been an issue for the Oilers, yeah. and it's an issue that has cost them a lot of hockey games. And tonight, McDavid has a great chance on the first shift, and then Doesn't the Ducks score yep. on a shot that was that was going wild. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this even though they fell behind early today, they probably weren't as bad early as no. they have been a dozen other times. You are right tonight. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Oilers lose three two. We're on at six thirty tomorrow night for the faceoff show. Oilers and Sharks. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.